all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. Oh my gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. I am so proud. The happiest day for me this week was to support Joe Biden. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. What's our lead story today? The fact that Adele is back on Instagram? Is that the lead story? Maybe that's the lead story. Yes, clearly. Or that Russian doctors keep falling out of windows. That's a good story, too. Live from Studio C. C, senor. It's a dimly lit room. You know where? Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today... We're under the tutelage of our general manager, Nicolas Maduro, still in power in beautiful, scenic Venezuela, in spite of the world's most hair-brained plot to rub them out since, well, Bay of Pigs, probably. And he's the general manager because of what? Well, it, uh, some of our guys tried to take him out, some of our Army Special Forces guys teaming up with Venezuelans in a uh, unfortunately doomed plot to, to get him. And that happened what, yesterday or yesterday? Yeah, in the last couple of days, yeah. Okay. So he's got a couple of Americans and he's waving their passports around. The, the actual story of the plot is hilariously idiotic, were it not, uh, you know, uh, unfortunate that he has uh, a couple of American citizens and former Army Special Forces guys in his evil communist clutches. I'm completely unaware of that story. Oh, it's nutty. It's also nutty that Russian doctors keep falling out of windows. They really need warning stickers, See, like we have on our uh, you know, ladders, et cetera. Caution, you may fall out of this window, doctor. So Russia's getting hit hard with the coronavirus right now, and uh, they had two doctors uh, go to the press that, look, we don't have ventilators, we got people dying in the hospitals, we don't have gloves, we don't have all kinds of stuff, and those two doctors fell out of windows to their deaths. What? And then... And then a same window. Or? Then another doctor came forward with more. We're not handling this right, and it's worse than the government's telling you. And and he, I guess, this week fell out a window to his death. So that's three windows, three doctors falling out of three windows to their deaths. That's uh, surprising. I mean, statistically, it's an extraordinarily long shot that that would happen. <laughs> it, it's like that woman who had identical triplets naturally. It's a one in two hundred million chance. Mm-hmm. What are the chances of three doctors not only dying, but dying by falling out of a window? I mean, it's just it's, a, it's an amazing coincidence. And it wouldn't surprise me if they fell right on a bullet that went in them, either. God, that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Make no mistake, people don't often talk about Russia as a totalitarian regime on the order of North Korea or China or whatever, but it clearly is. But that's I mean, what, it's a weird hybrid. But. but that's when you know you really have complete control. When you can do something that is obvious to everyone what's going on, and you don't right. even care. Right. I mean, you don't have to make it uh, complicated and sneaky. You make just make it obvious. In fact, the, it being obvious might be the point. Mm-hmm. So that every, all the, everybody else knows, look, we kill people who do this. Do you get it? Right. You want to go to the press or to the public or to the Internet or something with some bad news? This is what will happen to you. Do you yeah. understand? Yeah, I'm reading about the railroading of Michael Flynn, which is clearly what happened. The Obama administration, Comey et al., they uh, just railroaded the guy, and I think there will be payment for it. 
Uh, but that is so subtle and, and complicated and, and you know, cover-upable compared to just hurling doctors out of windows right. the moment they dissent and doing it openly, knowing nothing can be done. That is incredible. Yeah. Wow. Also incredible, Adele has lost 100 pounds and is back on Instagram to celebrate her 32nd birthday. What she did was she divorced her husband, then lost a bunch, and then went off social media while she was at her fattest, then mm. lost 100 pounds and is back on to look hot. It's a, yes. re- it's a revenge body. It's very healthy. It's perfectly healthy for her psyche, and she will keep it off. <laughs> there you go. Those things There's are... your, we have enough to worry about with the COVID Pollyanna bullcrap statement of the day. Enjoy. <laughs> Those are both true statements. Yes, she will keep the weight off, as we all know, when we lose a lot of weight. Um, right. And those poor doc- doctors were just clumsy. Clumsy, and I don't know if the windows are like really low and on a slant. I don't know. It's enlarged, obviously. Maybe they're like sliding glass doors is the kind of window they have. Ah, like up high enough to die? Wow, that's, see, that's bad architecture. Yeah, that's what it is. It's bad architecture. Ill-advised, yeah. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad to get going with the show. There's our board operator. Hmm? There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, pretty good. Yesterday, I uh, well, I think a while ago I told you I went cord cutting as far as I got rid of the cable. I'm doing cord cutting now, so I had to return my equipment yesterday, and uh, I just it was, felt so good. I grabbed my converter box and just put it in front of the guy and said, I don't need you anymore. I want you out of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy said, you know, you don't even know me. And <laughs> You said it's not me, it's, it's you. Not, yeah. Um... Uh, how much were you spending a month on cable? Oh, geez. Between Internet and cable, it was up to $160. I got one of those special promotions at one point, and then it, they raised the rate. Sure. And then I said, ah, enough of this. And so I finally just went to cord cutting, and I'm pretty happy with it. I got a call dish. I'm sure I'm paying the max rate, and uh, and um, if I threaten to quit, they'll cut it in half all of a sudden, I think is the way it works. It's possible. We're just quit and go to the other guys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Last time I had somebody out from the company, they were just horrible. So I mm. haven't wanted to deal with them at all. Uh, well, uh, it's important to keep giving them money un, uninterrupted then. Yeah. Make, make sure you yeah. stay suspended with yeah. these people that you are afraid to do business with. When, when there are other and, options. When they yes. came out and treated me poorly. Yeah. Well, like, like you know, I'm not going to launder list my typical day, but like my typical day yesterday, the idea of squeezing in, worrying about my dish situation. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. Arguing with somebody on the phone for seems, 10 minutes. Seems crazy. Right. Um, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, I, I told you guys yesterday I was late to the party on this one. There's just too much TV. The the Killing Eve show, I watched about the, the first four or five episodes of the first half. I'm, I've cranked through another about five or six since then. I just wanted to give a follow-up and say it is terrific. If you're looking for a great binge-worthy show, I think there's three seasons of it uh, currently. I'm uh, somewhere in the middle of season one. Since I don't have time, Eve dies in the end, or... Uh, uh, I'm not. I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Eve's still kicking, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) If the show's called Killing Eve, she better die in the end. (laughs) Chekhov's title or something. I don't feel like I got my money's worth out of my show. Um, Oh, ah, oh, oh, jeez, oh, God, oh. I'm sorry, I almost fell out my window. Yeah, it happens. To my death. <laughs> it happens. Oh, uh, yeah. Dang, I just I was a little careless, and I almost <laughs> plunged out of my own window where I live. Yikes. <laughs> it, they're dangerous. 
That's why in a, like a, so many American buildings, the windows don't open in that sort of right, stuff. Right, right. Too many doctors plunging out of them. Or just regular people just walking around, right. get a cup of coffee, you trip, out the window you go. Sure, <laughs> by the thousands. <laughs> Oh my gosh! People, so I uh, tweeted out this, and people were making these sorts of uh, jokey comments. And then somebody uh, commented, "What is funny about a totalitarian regime murdering people to to keep them silent?" I thought, "Boy, you're fun at a party." <laughs> <laughs> Just anybody making a joke about it doesn't mean they approve or don't think it's horrible. <laughs> no, and mockery, mockery is the most uh, acidic of, of, of ways to criticize someone. <laughs> But some people don't get that, I guess. Uh, whatever. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, middle of the week, you know, May the 6th of the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty, we approve of this program. All right, then. Let's begin officially, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. The pandemic is that the president has no intercourse whatsoever with the rest of the the world on dealing with these things. We led, like Barack Obama led in the uh, corona, I mean, excuse me, in, in, in the pandemic that occurred when we were in office. It was kept in Africa. We organized the world. We put things together. Wow, that's just terrible. First of all, that was, that was uh, very difficult to follow. And secondly, did he use the word intercourse twice in two weeks? Yeah, he, he did. I hear he the, just the beginning of that again. The pandemic is that the president has no intercourse whatsoever okay, with and the so, re- And then so last week, what was it? It was economic intercourse. Isn't yes. that what it was? Uh, yes, yes, it was. Now yes, the it president was. is having intercourse, which, you know, at his age, I congratulate him. But um, it's just astounding that anybody in the midst of a sex scandal. Stop using that word, sir. <laughs> would keep using the word intercourse in a way that nobody else does. Nobody else, no normal person ever throws around the word intercourse like that. Economic ever. intercourse. So it's not even like he's trying to avoid a common word. He's, a, he's, a, he's not avoiding an uncommon word. The pandemic right. is that the president has no intercourse whatsoever with the... <laughs> yeah, well, but a then good then time, the next, Joe. And then, then he does what we've done before, accidentally. It's when you uh, are trying to say the word country and change your mind halfway through, so he drops the C-bomb as well. Uh, it's just highly unfortunate. Oh, my gosh. The economy well, needs to fellatio its way out of this situation. Oh, oh, oh wait, what uh, Mr. Vice President, sir. And I think what we need to do is uh, Trump's going to push Dr. Fauci up the wall and put his hand under his skirt is what, what's happening to America right now. <laughs> wow. Now, Joe, you need to stop with yeah, the I would, I would avoid that metaphor. You need to reach around the red tape of bureaucracy. <laughs> it's, just not, it's just not a good idea. Uh, how does Mel... Dummy. <laughs> How does mailbag look? Oh, it's lovely. It's it's good. It's let me. How would I describe this? Uh, there's a little insight right there. There's a really interesting experience. And oh, calling out the media. Good stuff. Yep. Yeah, but we like to have intercourse with the uh, the listener through the email. Again with the and, uh, uh, no no no. I am going to walk very carefully by the windows as I go to the coffee <laughs> machine during this break, so I don't fall out them. Uh, and we'll see you in a minute on the Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, my favorite story of the day is, what's that? So when was it Monday? The story broke in the New York Times. The White House has uh, got a report that says deaths are going to increase up to 3,000 at the peak on June 1st. 
Yes. And we're going to go from 25,000 cases a day to 200,000 cases a day. And yes. that was the story of the last couple of days. I mean, just extraordinary. Oh, my God. We're, we're back in the thick of things. Who's lying to who, whatever. Johns Hopkins, who came up with those numbers, put out this statement yesterday. These preliminary results are not forecasts, and it is not accurate to present them as forecasts. So two days after the, the country, the media, talked about it for 48 hours, all kinds of policies being talked about and money discussed being thrown around and all these right. different kinds of things. Right. John Hopkins says that those numbers weren't for release. That, that They're completely being misinterpreted. Well, I called BS on that at the time. It was BS. The New York Times evidently did not have a single writer or editor who said, uh, Joe Getty, like, wait a minute. I haven't seen anything that backs that up. Where'd that number come from? We've got to talk to the people who came up with it. You find it pretty hard to believe that a reporter couldn't have asked somebody at Johns, Johns Hopkins about that data, right. and they would have told them, oh, no, 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 you can't run with this. This is this is completely preliminary. This is not a forecast at all. And right. By the time you make that phone call, the other competitors already printed it and taken all the clicks. Got lots <laughs> of clicks. Yeah. That's stupid with that, your checking and your editing. You're that, so dumb. That point is devastating, Sean. First and wrong is still first. That is devastating. I, I stand undevastated. And far back from my window, just in case. <laughs> More on that coming up. Yes. Yeah. Mailbag. Oh, you know what? I forget. Hang on a second. There it is. Got to get my freedom-loving quote of the day from Winston Churchill. Uh, how about this one? Uh, you know, we went with the main vice of capitalism is the uneven distribution of prosperity. The main vice of socialism is the even distribution of misery. This one related. You don't make the poor richer by making the rich poorer. Although you kind of do if you just confiscate people's money and give it to other people. Uh, let's see. I, I like this one. We contend that for a nation to try to tax itself into prosperity is like a man standing in a bucket and trying to lift himself up by the handle. Not of the correspondence proper. I don't think that would work. <laughs> I think Churchill would agree with you. Be really strong, I think. Uh, unbelievably strong. He would agree looking like the albino pug that he was. Jay writes, thanks for keeping people sane. You're welcome. Uh, there's truth that we bankrupted the old Soviet Union into oblivion during the arms race under Reagan. Well, it looks like the Chinese are going to do the same to us without firing a shot and with help from our elected senile crooks. Troubled times ahead, my fellow Americans. And when Americans face tough times, what is the first thing we do? We cast Nicolas Cage to play Tiger King and watch people pee their pants on TikTok. Thou art doomed, Iago. <laughs> Did wow. you s- throwing in a little Shakespeare at the end. Did you see the feature on Tucker last night about the way Hollywood bends to China's will? We'll have to talk about that later. I did not see that Very in good. particular. Also, did you know there was a full super flower moon today? Stop with your fake moons. Did you see the moon this morning? It was extraordinary. It's a sign that we're turning to normalcy. Flew super shiny and disc-like in the sky. A full know. super flower moon. Wow. Well, that's a moon. Super. Flower. Oh. Uh, press writes, Lion Fake News Media again, and sends uh, side-by-side screenshots of a story about people uh, returning to the beaches in Florida with a story, one CNN, the other a news site, I don't know, uh, people returning to the beaches in uh, Huntington Beach, California, and it's the same picture of the same people wearing the same clothes. Now, I understand what a... Uh, 
stock photo is. You know, if you're doing a feature on couples find, uh, you know, kissing brings sure. them closer. Right, and then you yeah. have a, just a couple of, you know. Obesity in America. You can show any fat person from any time if you want to. Right. But, but if you matter. are doing a specific news story about a specific place and the picture is precisely what you're reporting on, you can't use stock photos. Well, have you seen any of the websites where they go through the, the, the games photographers are playing with some of these stories? It's really interesting. I have not. That sounds interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to find one, and then we should link it, because the, the, you have probably seen on the news pictures where people aren't social distancing. And they take a picture from the front with the, the, the right uh, lens that, that mm-hmm. takes away depth perception, right. and then somebody else takes a picture from the side, and everybody's standing six feet apart. Wow. With a picture from the front, it looks like everybody's crowded together. God, there is so much dishonesty. And, and I hate to breed it. I hate to be part of it, partly because Vlad Putin loves the idea of we don't believe anything and become bitter and cynical in this country. But it's difficult to take even the most vaunted of our media sources seriously these days. Uh, Mark, with a nice note, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on a phrase that seemed to gain traction during the Kavanaugh days. Credibly accused. Yeah. I'm not hearing that thrown around quite so loosely with Biden, but I've, it's a reprehensible phrase. It is. It is a. It is editorializing, masquerading as news reporting. Credibly accused. That's the entire question before us. Well, it's been replaced with strongly denied. As long as you strongly denied it, the accusation goes away. Apparently. Well, and it reminds me of claimed without evidence, which they apply to one side but not the other. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Check this out. Uber will soon require that drivers and passengers wear face coverings. So if you're taking an Uber pool, they recommend everyone stick their head out the window like a golden retriever. <laughs> um, I have, uh, boy, I read an interesting article last night about <clears throat> mask truthers. Yes. Oh, I came across that too. And it was in a, it's in a conservative publication written by a conservative, but it's about uh it really gets into our ideologies and how we're split as a country and and holding true to your whether you're an R or a D how important it is and stuff. We'll talk about that later. It's really interesting stuff. Yeah, I know I am not a mask truther and I'm a little disappointed with some of my friends and uh and, uh, you know, ideological I brethren. I get the but... impulse, though. I really oh, yeah, understand course, yeah. the impulse. Yeah, I get it. I absolutely get it. Uh, speaking of reading interesting articles, I am now scouring the New York Times, scouring the website, trying to find where they came out and said, whoa, hey, guys, sorry, that story we went huge on Monday. Turns out we were mistaken. And those uh, those estimates about the deaths, those weren't estimates. The, the Johns Hopkins themselves who made the study said, no, don't use that. That's not what it is. I'm, we're so sorry. Turns out we're in much better shape. I can't find that on the New York Times website. Their big headline all day, and then they talked about it all weekend, was, while Trump talks about opening America up inside the White House, they're discussing 3,000 deaths a day in 200 cases. Well, right. Johns Hopkins is out with this statement. These preliminary results are not forecasts, and it's not accurate to present them as forecasts. People right. don't know how to digest statistics. They've been looking at models and thinking they mean things they don't. They, you know, it's just there's 
I don't. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. It, it is frustrating, though. Oh, I I will tell you this. Listen, if we made a mistake that flaming and egregious, you know, I wouldn't be excited about correcting it. But by God, we would be on the air the next day saying, "Hey, we told you you will be killed if you eat an avocado." Turns out, no, they're a delicious pitted fruit or something. Well, and you should continue to make guacamole. That is not an outlandish example. Because that story was practically to that level. Yeah. Because all the other models are saying, no, we expect there to be like 800 deaths a day at that point. Right. They're not going to double from where we are now. Well, and evidently they ran breathlessly to the presses, as if there are presses these days, uh, and didn't bother calling Johns Hopkins, which is just shocking. But in other shocking news... Uh, Venezuelan President Fat Nicolas Maduro, who still runs that godforsaken country, that country of beauty and hardworking people and 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 coastline and and huge oil reserves, which is now starving poor thanks to socialism. Anyway, he captured two U.S. citizens in addition to uh, more than a hundred of what he called terrorist mercenaries who'd been captured after an unsuccessful plot to kill him in Caracas. Uh, on Sunday, I guess, was when this actually happened. These two American guys, Luke Denman and Aaron Barry, both U.S. Special Forces soldiers, Green Berets, um, uh, were part of this plot orchestrated by uh, Florida-based Jason Goodrow, who runs a, uh, a, 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 what do you call it, like a security company, like Blackwater, except it uh, calls it Silver Star Services or something like that. But the long and short of this, it appears, he claims, this Goodrow guy, is that Juan Guaido and his political advisors contracted his company, Silver Corp USA, for $213 million to abduct and or kill Nicolas Maduro. Wow. Now, he also claims... Uh, Guaido, Juan Guaido, changed his mind, said, no, that'll never work, and blah, blah, blah. And he never paid this Goodrow and Silvercorp any money. But Goodrow decided, now we're going to go ahead anyway. <laughs> or so he claims. For some reason, dislike of uh, of Maduro, but it, it never got off the ground. And they caught all of them, and now Fat Maduro has a couple of Americans, and he's holding on to them. A lot of body shaming going on. Is it okay to body shame di- evil dictators? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Uh, Kim Jong-un, Nicholas Maduro. Uh, I-, I will tell you this, though. If I am hired to overthrow a government and I don't get the down payment, I don't get started, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I-, I don't invade your country unless I get my down payment. The terms of the contract are clear. I suggest you reread them and call me back. Now, at least these guys were smart enough to bring all of their U.S. paperwork and their passports and, and the rest of it, and and now Maduro has admitted he has them, so they'll probably be safe. But, fellas, can't you get a nice job, I don't know, doing security for a company or, or something? Uh, getting into some of the economic virus news of the day, maybe I'll uh, lead with this H.L. Mencken quote I came across yesterday, which I thought was really good. I've probably heard this before, but I forget things, so... For every complex problem, there is an answer that is clear, simple, and wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a very good thing to remember. Wow. Yeah. Somebody ought to tell old Governor Cuomo that. For every complex problem, there's an answer that's clear, simple, and wrong. So, um, 
the reopening of America is happening, whether various people like it or not. And uh, what what is driving the timetable? I think a lot of it is just Americans feeling like I've had enough. It's spring and I'm done with this. <laughs> so so let's get back to life. Eighty five percent of Starbucks stores will be open by the end of this week. Eighty five percent of Starbucks stores will be wow. back open. Did not know that. No, I didn't either. No new protocols will focus on things like no contact order pickups and cashless payments. Uh, they the drive throughs have been open all along, but. Uh, the coffee chain is also focusing on its mobile app, new options. What does no for- contact pickup mean? I mean, it's not like I hug the guy who whips up my latte anyway. So, like at the, uh, I do. Thank you for making me this latte, and then I hug one. Mm, I, mm. I bury my face in their neck. <laughs> Joe Biden like. So, a place that I did pick up from uh, this this past week. You you pull into their their slot or a parking spot. They have numbers on it. You call inside. Hey, I'm in spot six. My name is blank. Can you bring out my order? They said, yeah, no problem. Pop your trunk. We'll put it right in, and you're good to go. Yeah. So that's, that's a contactless that's cool. I guess, but but how how is that different? They touched it, and you're going to touch it. Well, you don't have to go in, so you're, you, know, you, yeah. you, you lower the chances of breathing stuff in and touching stuff. But a certain amount of this stuff is is just it's smoke and mirrors to make us it's, feel it's better. It's the gated community syndrome of this is the illusion of doing something to make me safer. The, I, I, got some, I bought some roadside cherries the other day. Um, uh, we drove by one of those uh, roadsides. Where did this stuff come from? Is somebody stealing them from the field, or I don't know? How did you end up? You're sitting there with a card table and a folding chair, and you got a whole bunch of fruit you're selling for cash. I don't know where it came from, but I don't care. I don't uh, know. Roadside cherries sounds too much like some alt country group with two girl lead singers. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, anyway, so I pull over and uh, and the and I start to get out of my car, and a guy waves. He doesn't speak English, but he waves to me. No, 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 no. And so I stay in my car, and he runs up to me with the bag of cherries, and I hand him the money, and he hands me the cherries. I guess that stay was the hell away of... from me, gringo. <laughs> but he still touched my bag of cherries. I'll still touch the money. We just, so, I don't know. But, you know, made me feel good that he was trying. Starbucks is doing a little of that. Everybody's going to be wearing masks, which is good, but it says everybody will be wearing gloves. I don't get what the gloves are supposedly doing at all. I just, I'm confused by that. So you're going to take everybody's credit card with your glove, then touch the next person's credit card. Okay, fine. I think um, we need to differentiate between any and Audi protection. The gloves have got to be for the protection of the, the workers. Yeah, but I, I, I believe is, that it's mentioned in this article to make me feel more comfortable about going to Starbucks. Huh. Yeah, that doesn't do me any good. No. In fact, I don't know what's what's the uh, relative uh, hospitality of gloves versus skin in holding on to coronavirus. I have thought that while I'm sitting at the grocery store and watching the people with the gloves, I'm I'm thinking I might be better off with your bare hands, getting the virus to white to, to stick to your skin rather than easily come off your plastic glove onto whatever you're touching of mine. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, a couple other things. Disney took a massive hit through all of this. Their quarterly profit fell by, well, it's not that much, 91% from a year earlier. Oh, oh boy. Moving down. <laughs> Somebody kicked them right I'm, in their I'm bag of chairs. shareholder, Mike. Let's, let's, let's calm it down a little bit. <laughs> You're a shareholder with Disney? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, actually, I think I am, too, when a Disney so, Plus hit. So, so uh, quarter, bye, quarterly bye. profit fell 91% from a year earlier. That is absolutely a crazy, uh, incredible. The quarter ended March 30th, meaning Disney World was only closed for 17 days of the entire quarter and could be closed for the entirety of this coming quarter. Uh-oh. So even being closed 17 days out of 90, uh, their profit fell 91%. So what's this next quarter going to be like? Yipes! 
the coronavirus trap came right down on Mickey's neck. In addition to the theme parks, Disney also uh, one of the more active kind of cruise people, too. Oh, that's right. right. So they got hit hard a lot on that. Yeah, Uh, hotels and the rest of it. And and, uh, movies and entertainment, that sort of thing. Yeah, live entertainment. Uh, uh, hey, by the by, uh, Disneyland features prominently in the best assessment I have yet come across on uh, California and why California hasn't had a bad outbreak. And it is not pretty Gavin Newsom, and it is not locking down a day and a half before virtually everywhere else. Uh, no way, even though that is a now sacred uh, media. Okay, I want to hear that. All right. A little more on this Disney thing here. Uh, Theme park employees are furloughed. Executives are taking giant pay cuts. The company's board voted to forego its uh, dividend payment to preserve about $1.6 million in cash to stay open. Shanghai Disneyland is reopening next week while our Disney properties in the United States remain closed. So how galling is that? The Chinese get to go ride the rides at Disneyland, but not in America. And you started the freaking thing, you bastards. Now, come on, China! There have been a couple of chilling uh, stories lately, and and it's hard to know what's true and what the, uh, you know, further experimentation will bear out. But there's some thought that we have, in the United States, a mutated version of what was going around in China. And ours is worse. Do they have trouble stopping uh, patrons from eating Pluto? (laughs) <laughs> to Chinese Disneyland. No, he's a he's a beloved character. This is not a wet market. What? <laughs> what is this? It tastes goofy. <laughs> Paraphrase an old joke. Oh boy. Yes. <laughs> oh man, this thing is bad. Have you noticed that the coronavirus thing? The EU is predicting the worst depression since the depression, or something like that. Mm. Of course, they're euros. They're easily upset. They're default settings, almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no kidding. The foggy weather. Please. Let me guess. You're going to smoke and pout. <laughs> what were you going to do otherwise this summer? <laughs> smoke and pout. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we got a lot you more. You to me. Our, <laughs> our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. other on a certain level for many, many years, you know for a fact, I could be anywhere in the world right now. <laughs> now you be honest. If you were me, would you be up here hacking out another one of these? <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld has a new special coming out. Uh, dropped yesterday. On, oh, on, oh, did it? Yeah, on Netflix. 23 Hours to Kill. I'll probably uh, check that out uh, today then. I like me some Jerry Seinfeld. He's, is that the name of it? 23 yeah. Hours to Kill? Yep. Oh, okay. He's so, that was some sort of editorial. I no, 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 no. He's, uh, he's very good at stand-up comedy. He's still really good <laughs> yeah. at it? Yeah. He's still really good at it. Um, I'd say. Here's the funniest thing I've seen. Uh, somebody tweeted out, I got stung by a weird hornet back in January, so I've probably already had murder hornets. <laughs> <laughs> That's not helpful. All right. <laughs> 
is not advancing the discussion. And I think oh, we got, we, we've gotten uh, Elon Musk's baby's name nailed down, so we'll get yes. to that later. Yeah, I do, yeah, it's a bunch of symbols. and stuff. So, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, Governor Cuomo of New York with the moronic, oversimplified, dopey quote of the week about the COVID. We will get to that. It is a beautiful illustration of how terrible a lot of leadership is on this topic. I mean, just terrible Speaking of terrible leadership, uh, Gavin Newsom of California uh, has been taking credit for the lack of cases in the state of 40 million people. And uh, quoting John Ziegler, who wrote an opinion piece for Mediaite, in a media environment where narratives rule the day more authoritatively than even Gavin Newsom currently controls California, there may be no more ingrained narrative than how and why his state uh, six weeks after locking down, has been hit far less hard than anyone expected. It's virtually an uncontested article of faith, especially among the news media, that the explanation for this is both simple and airtight. California's escaped disaster because they shut down fast and hard. And on the surface, he writes, this reasoning makes sense and is certainly appealing, especially to liberals who now seemingly favor the warm embrace of government control over their lives far more than they do basic civil liberties. Um, and he says, however, this assessment is also based on some critical presumptions, which appear to be no longer supported by facts and logic. And he gets into, well, a, a number of the thing, a number of points, including the fact that California did shut down early and hard, but just by like a day or two or three right. over other places and in, in very similar ways. Um, and let's see, in the time we have, I'll, I'll summarize some of his main points, um, while I'm not a strong believer in, in anecdotal accounts, especially in global situations like this one, a number of credible people in my orbit say they were positive they've already had the virus over the winter, and interestingly, they all had interaction with people directly from China. Well, I, I think that's too anecdotal. We, we're going on the advice of people who work in emergency rooms and ICUs and respiratory wards who've been saying the same thing. They were slammed in December and January with a weird flu in patients that weren't responding. This is in California. Um, the first confirmed death in the U.S. indeed was not in Washington. It was in California. Two antibody tests in San Francisco and L.A. both concluded that many Californians already had the virus well before the lockdown. Uh, 60 Minutes did an extensive feature on all the flights from Wuhan to San Francisco and Los Angeles. Uh, virtually all flights from, from that part of the world stop on the West Coast first. Yeah, right. That USC study that says there are 400,000 cases in L.A. County, I mean, doesn't that just put to bed the whole we shut down, California shut down earlier mm-hmm. and avoided it lie? Yeah. He goes on to point out that multiple studies have indicated the virus has various strains in different parts of the world, and the New York City one is probably through Europe, and it's a different strain than hit the West Coast. Ooh, that's the troubling. Yeah, it is. Yeah, if there's um, if there's a different strain that could that could uh, cross the country later, that's really troubling. Right. Right. Um, and uh, he says this provides another logical explanation in addition to geography, weather, and lack of popular public transportation in California. Then, and this is what my favorite part. Probably think about what life was like in California during the two critical months from mid-January to mid-March and ask yourself whether elements of the conventional wisdom about the virus still make any sense. During this critical time period, California was the location for Disneyland, which was open at full capacity and larger than normal crowds because of the new Star Wars attraction. 
And he talks about being there twice as people stroll around mask-free. Numerous NBA and NHL games, the Grammy Awards, the Oscars. The 49ers hosted the NFC Championship game. Tens of thousands of Super Bowl parties throughout the state. When the Niners play, I think they beat the Chiefs on February 2nd. I don't recall specifically. <laughs> From January 26th through Feb 24, the city of Los Angeles was the location of very large and intimate gatherings uh, for memorials to mourn the sudden death of Kobe Bryant. And then the L.A. Marathon was held on March 8th. There should be an explosion of cases in California. Horrific numbers. All of that pre-shutdown. Well, that's hard to argue against that. If if the coronavirus started in California, when you had all these different gatherings going on, because remember the story from where was it, Georgia or wherever, there was one funeral where yeah. mm-hmm. a dozen people caught it and died. It just, and spread it around further, right? Geez, right. I don't like this idea that there's a different strain on the East Coast than the West Coast. I don't uh, like it's that almost at all. certainly true. Oh. And his final point that I really liked is, uh, since then, the state's biggest problem in flattening the curve is that our original curve was so shallow, there's literally very little room for it to bend down. 2,250 deaths out of 40 million resident, residents, uh, a huge portion of whom were already in nursing homes. And then he says, none of this is to suggest that the virus is remotely a hoax or not a very serious matter. But let's not just pay attention to false narratives because they're convenient. Great piece I came across yesterday. You know who's going to kill capitalism? Capitalists are going to kill capitalism. And we need to watch out for it if you're pro-capitalism, like I think most of us are. Uh, But it's really interesting stuff. I hope you can stick around for that. Armstrong and Getty.